I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back for this extended interview with Lauren where she's going to share with us the best travel hacks for digital nomads and remote workers. Hey Lauren, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. Before you give us all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, definitely. So I I mean, I've always loved travel. It's kind of like the super bridge version, but I've always loved travel. And, you know, I'd always had that goal to have a location independent lifestyle. And when my company announced it was closing earlier this year, I kind of took that opportunity to just kind of do a slow transition to like a digital nomad lifestyle in that I was working with the company for like another six months. And then, you know, in that time, the the client I had been working with asked me to continue contracting with them. So, you know, I started off working for a company, now I'm self-employed, um, but still maintaining that location independence, which has been really amazing. And it's this is such a great way for me to work. I'm more productive, I'm happier. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's really, really worked out for me well. So one of the main reasons why a lot of people want to be a digital nomad is because they want to travel more. But traveling can also be really expensive. Can you give us some of your best travel hacks when you are actually working and living on the road? Yeah, definitely. So one of my like favorite things is using Google Flights to find inexpensive, affordable flights. You can you can search by like a number of different things. Like say you know you want to go to Lisbon, but you're flexible on dates. You can type in Lisbon and kind of toggle to find like the cheapest dates on the calendar, which is really nice. Or kind of like looking at it from a different angle, if you know your dates that you want to go somewhere, but you just want to go, you know, somewhere affordable, find a cheap plane ticket. You can also search that way and like leave the destination open and just basically kind of like drag around a map of the world to kind of see where like the most affordable options are. You know, you can also go even deeper and like, you know, toggle by like nonstop flights. If you, you know, can only go away for like, you know, a quick weekend or something and you want to like maximize your time in a destination, searching by nonstop flights is really helpful. Um, You can search by airline, airline alliance, price, like all different sorts of like toggles you can play around with. So this has been a really, really helpful thing to me. Um, I'd also say like signing up for flight deal email threads is really nice. There's a couple ones like Scott's Cheap Flights or Pomelo that are in the flight deal that are like really nice to just kind of stay in the loop with where kind of like the deals are. And I've used those. I've gotten emails before and, you know, jumped on stuff and that can be really helpful as well. And that kind of takes some of the guesswork out of, you know, off your plate and just let somebody else send the deals your way. And then another thing I love is, you know, you playing the credit card point game. Anytime I hear of somebody not using 
like a travel rewards credit card, my like just like heart sinks for them because I I get so many free flights this way. The Chase ones are my main like cards. I use the Chase Sapphire Reserve, the Chase Freedom Unlimited, and the Chase Holding Business Preferred cards. I mean, this year alone, just using my regular spending, I've made like three thousand dollars that I could put towards flights. And for somebody who generally chooses to go to, you know, destinations based on where I can get a cheap flight, I've been able to use that amount of money to do a lot of traveling. So, you know, I, I can can get really deep into this or I can give you just kind of like the, the quick snapshot view. But for like the Chase Sapphire Reserve, I know it looks like it has a hefty fee with coming with like, you know, $450 yearly fee. But that is like really, really quickly offset. I remember when I first signed up for it four years ago, I planned on opening the card, getting, you know, paying the 450 fee, getting there's a $300 uh, travel refund that you get. So right off the bat, I mean, that makes the fee only like 150. And then, you know, there was a at the time there was a 100,000 sign up bonus. So I was planning to get the sign up bonus, <coughs> close the card. But because I realized how many points I was earning with that card just on my regular spending and how useful those points would be in actually like reaping, you know, travel rewards. I have left the card open for over four years now. So, you know, it definitely like pays for itself like over and over and over again. And I use as my kind of like, and that card gets three points per dollar on travel and dining. So I use the Chase Sapphire Reserve for all travel and dining purchases. And then for just my regular non-travel dining spending, I use the Chase Freedom Unlimited card. Um, and I use that card because it gets three points per dollar on all purchases up to $20,000. I still put travel and dining on the Chase Sapphire Reserve because I don't want travel and dining to count towards that 20000 when I'm already getting three points per dollar on travel and dining on that card. Uh, so I know this like probably like sounds like a little confusing, but I swear once you like once you like get a little bit into it, like it really all makes sense. And, you know, so I get three points per dollar on like non-travel dining spending on the Chase Freedom Unlimited. And then for since I, I mentioned I opened a little business and I'm now incorporated, I opened the Chase Bold Inc. Business Preferred card, which I put all business spending on. And that's nice because I can basically, you know, keep all work purchases separate from my personal spending. And it just makes it easy to, you know, pay out of my business bank account and that sort of thing. I love that. I love that you're very methodical with all of this stuff, because like you said, it can get really confusing in the beginning. But if you actually just sit down and understand how it works, it will help you in so many different ways. And it can give you a lot of free travel like Lauren has been able to get. Now, Lauren, I know you had mentioned about Google Fi with your phone calls when you are overseas. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I think I mentioned that when I first started like the digital nomad journey, I was really obsessively looking into how I make, you know, myself available. And I, you know, did a lot of research on Google Fi and it seemed interesting. And I decided to set that up. Um, I, I set it up on an Android device. And the reason I did this versus iPhone, which is my normal like US phone, is because with an Android device, you can activate Google Fi 
phone plan on an eSIM and then insert a local SIM card when you get to your destination. And this is especially helpful if you're in a destination with like really cheap data where the rates would be even cheaper than, you know, using the Google Fi plan. And you can basically toggle between the two. So, you know, if one isn't working that well, you can switch to the other. Or, you know, if you just want to save money because the local SIM card was cheaper, had cheaper data, like that sort of thing. Um, but just knowing that you, I had both, I had two options in addition to, you know, Wi-Fi wherever I was. So I guess it's kind of three options, four ways to, you know, be connected and answer emails and, you know, be there for my clients was really, really amazing. And I mean, Google Fi is cool because it is the, like the rate is the same for data and text internationally as it is domestically. And you do have to pay for calls. It's like 20 cents per minute, which is still way cheaper than like AT&T or any of those. Or, you know, you can always, you can always use Skype if you want like the super, super, cheap rates. But it's nice to know that if somebody calls you, you can pick it up and, you know, it's only 20 cents per minute. If you need to call them back from Skype, because it's going to be a long call, you can always do that. Yeah. So Google Fi has been like, and and like, I wasn't sure if the service was going to be that great, but honestly, like everywhere I went, it was great. And I was in some random places like Vietnam and Malaysia and Sri Lanka, and it worked really well in like all those places. So I'm feeling pretty confident that you know, most places you go, it's probably going to be, have pretty good service. And, you know, the customer service was great too. I had to reach out to them for it with a few questions and they um, were really helpful. So, so far, like I've had a really good experience and I know a couple other digital nomads have also like, you know, switched to it and um, seems like it's working really well for them too. So I think that's a really good option of phone plan to look at, you know, whether you're a digital nomad or you just love to travel, it's definitely uh, worth looking into, especially if you've already racked up really big bills uh, traveling internationally with your current phone plan like I have, which is no fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lauren, for giving us all of these different tips and tricks. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at the out of office gal or on my blog at outofofficegal.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. We really appreciate all of the knowledge that you gave us. Thanks, Debbie. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Lauren. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how to save smartly to budget for long-term travel. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.